Welcome to Still In It, a 5MEO DMT Journeys podcast, where I talk to real people about their 5MEO experience. Our goal is to bring you honest and diverse perspectives about what this medicine is all about. I'm your host, Jesse, and I'm excited to have you along for the ride. So hop in and enjoy as we discuss what preparation, ceremony, and integration look like. This podcast is sponsored by Enfold, offering safe and sacred experiences in British Columbia. To learn more, visit enfold.org. That is E-N-F-O-L-D.org. Or click the link in the show notes. And now, without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We have a special guest on today and his name is Jay. Hi, Jesse. Thank you for joining us. Um, the first question that we ask everybody is how were you called to 5MEO DMT? I had been introduced to medicine work by um, a mentor, a professional mentor, and I had started with some psilocybin uh, work at a legal retreat down in Jamaica. And then through that, this is about three years ago, and through that, I sort of got curious and started getting more into the world and to the work. And I happened to hear uh, Steve Rio on a podcast at the beginning of 2022. And for some reason, uh, it really spoke to me in that moment. Maybe it was just Steve's bearing or the content of what he said. But to that point, I think I had filed the little bit I knew about five as being, you know, scary and that's not for me and don't go there and that's too powerful. Uh, but instead, uh, the interview that he gave uh, really put me at ease and it really spoke to me. And so I reached out to him, I, I think, the next day and uh, the rest was history. Amazing. Maybe we can do two plugs here. Um, one, the Jamaica retreat is Myco Meditations. And um, I know Enfold is a huge supporter of the work they do. And the interview you heard, I'm going to go out on a, a limb here and guess it was um, the one with Lana. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Modern modern psychedelics. It, it was with Lana. And as you know, she's great as well. And just the two of them uh, going back and forth really put a newbie at ease. I was, you know, a year and a half or so into my path at that point. And uh, it would be hard for me to overstate how not me all of this was just a few short years prior to that. So it was it was really great to uh, just hear two uh, earnest practitioners of uh, trying to share, um, you know, knowledge and a positive message with with the greater community, and I really responded to that. And yes, the um, the retreat center in Jamaica is Myco Meditations. Um, I speak highly of of that as well. And in fact, I've 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 since had multiple uh, guests uh, that were at Myco with me and friends that were at Myco with me uh, come to Enfold, and. I have a personal belief that it's a really good order of operations uh, if if somebody's on a journey to do some deep psilocybin work, uh, you know, facilitated and guided, which is very uh, grounded and earthly and organic, I would say. And I think that then sort of a path when you've opened up some of those doors with psilocybin uh, leads directly to five, which can kind of um, in a different way. Uh, explode things open and heal. And I found that for myself and I have witnessed that personally and multiple other friends. Totally. Could not agree more. We also believe that um, doing psilocybin before five is such a beautiful transition. Um, it can really help, I guess, like put the cherry on top. But um, with that being said, 
with your journey into 5-MEO, how was it? Like, I'm assuming you said you were a little bit afraid of it, um, which is very normal. How was your actual experience here at Enfold? So the overall experience was absolutely uh, top-notch, top-shelf, um, you know, worth remembering for a lifetime. I had I was very impressed with the onboarding experience. Uh, I had been accustomed to that at Myco Meditations as well, but I'm very aware um, I, I work in an industry where I have to do a lot of due diligence uh, on people and entities and companies. And so I'm very aware of the potential for uh, for bad actors to pollute a space. And so I um, I did a lot of research. I The onboarding process was very, uh, it was very diligent uh, with, with Steve, Rio, and Austin. Um, I had multiple, you know, more than hour-long conversations. Steve actually spoke to uh, some other people uh, that I work with. And so I was just very, very comfortable headed into my uh, experience at Enfold. And then, of course, when I got there, uh, Austin was there as well. I finally got to meet her. And that could put, I think, um, the devil himself at ease. Uh, she's just such an amazing presence. And the two of them together, they've built this container to hold the guests. And so I had told myself in the run-up that I wasn't, I had gotten over my nervousness. There's nothing to be nervous about. I had done a lot more research into the substance and into Enfold itself. And I was feeling real good when I got there. And then it came to the, you know, the, the, the night before. And then all of a sudden I was hit by another wave of, oh my gosh, what did I, what did I sign up for here? But um, I was able to push through that and uh, get it going. And uh, the medicine day itself ended up being um, quite an experience. And I, I have been twice, uh, most recently, just several months ago. I will say that my second experience uh, was a good bit more impactful. I think maybe I was softened up by the first one. But in general, um, I was very at ease. I ended up viewing the medicine as welcoming and warm. Uh, almost to the point of wondering why I had been afraid, but then I'm experienced enough now with psychedelics to know that don't let yourself start feeling that because that's when you'll really get walloped. Beautiful. Um, you mentioned welcoming and warm. Did you feel that way on both ceremonies, like the first time you came and the second time? Absolutely. Uh, the first time I attended a private retreat with my partner, and then the second time I attended a private retreat with a fellow guest from uh, one of the times that I went to Myco Meditations. And uh, both of those times, we knew it was going to be a very intimate uh, circle, as Steve and Austin call it quite formally. You know, the circle is opened and it's a very intimate two or three days in there. And it really only works if there's two-way trust and all-way all trust with everybody that's in the circle. And um I don't, I don't say these, I don't endorse these things lightly. I don't say these things lightly, but it really would be hard to overstate how well curated uh, the entire thing is. What I experienced was um, being with family in their home. And it's, as you know, it's literally um, in their home and that's how it feels. And that's how I was open to accepting it. And certainly that's how they're open to giving. Yeah, it's very unique, eh? Um, the type of retreat that they have set up where it is like out of their home. And in that, it almost gives your nervous system and your 
yourself a little bit of a calming sense because I think anytime you do psychedelics and maybe correct me if I'm wrong but regardless if it's psilocybin 5-MeO DMT LSD there is a bit of fear and it's that needed um, container to make you feel like you can fully be vulnerable with the two facilitators or whoever might be present during your ceremony do you want to speak a little bit more about like how 5-MeO might feel like um, physically and even emotionally if you want as you're uh, taking the medicine, and I believe you took it through a vaporization, right? So I'm not a smoker, uh, but the device that Steve has is this really cool-looking little, I guess I would say pipe, although it's, it seems a little more complex than that. And um, it's very easy on the lungs; you basically don't feel it at all. So I thought that was that was helpful. I was kind of worried it was going to be some kind of like sketchy, you know, snorting or smoking with it, but it, it feels like you said, more like a, more like a vapor than actual smoke. And, you know, if, for anyone that's done psilocybin, uh, it can take a long time to come on for you to, for the user to come up. And so I'm here to tell people that that's not in the cards for 5-MeO. Uh, with 5-MeO, you will come up and it will be fast. It's still astonishing to me that experience. And sometimes I actually lay on my bed and sort of like go through the cadence, the dosing cadence to see if it gives me a little bit of a reactivation. But it's pretty amazing. I mean, they have this beautiful palette laid out for you. So you're going to be lying down comfortably while you're under the under the influence of the medicine. Uh, they serve it to you together while you're sitting up. Uh, you know, you, you do some breaths together. And then I would get to the bottom of one of the breaths. Uh, Steve strikes up the, he strikes up the the vapor, and then he he goes to a cadence with you where you're sipping the medicine, and then you take a final big inhale, hold it in, and when you do that, they start with a, a ten count. Uh, they don't ask your mouth your mouth is full of the vapor, so they don't ask you to um, to count with them, but they start counting down from ten. And just even sitting here now, I get chills because I'm still amazed at by the, every time I've done it, and both times I went, I think I dosed, uh, I took five doses, every time by the seven count, so 10, nine, eight, seven. I'm already pixelating around the edge of my field of vision. You know, you're slowly leaning back. Austin is uh, giving you support behind your back to let you gently down onto the pillow and the pallet. And I don't think I've ever made it past three. And when you do that exhale, I describe it as just falling, falling into pillowy nothingness and everythingness. You're just kind of poof, just gone. And I don't really think there's any fighting it. So. To me, that is actually encouraging and not scary just to know that if I can belly up to the bar um, in this beautiful space with these supportive people and just get a little bit of courage to, to do these few inhales, I'm going to go on a journey and it's probably going to be pretty amazing. I literally have chills. <laughs> <laughs> <Me too. laughs> that was such a beautiful way to explain it. I know it's incredible how fast acting 5MEO is. And you're right, there is really no. Um, sense technically in trying to fight it it just takes over and it's the act of surrender so i will i would also add um a portion of a part of this is the music so um maybe people know maybe they don't see rio it's a pretty accomplished musician and so he's put a lot of time into recording original music to accompany um the journeys that the guests take they seem to have developed the skill where they're very aware of where the guest is likely to be in their, you know, 10 to 20 minute experience. And so that that can be a big part of it. 
It can really add to things. It can really put one at ease and really super cool. I didn't even know this was going to happen. Um, you know, since it's all done electronically, the playlists that he's made in real time while your experiences are going on are recorded. And so at the end of the retreat, he'll just send you a Spotify playlist with your name on it, and it'll have the exact order of um, what you live through during your experiences. And so I found, especially in the early days uh, coming out of my retreats, that um, if I listen to the playlist, especially in the wee hours, you know, kind of two or three in the morning where you're just laying in bed awake in the dark, if I put that on, it would kind of mini transport me back to back to the trip space. I thought that was really, really cool. It kind of has faded over time, but I hold my playlist uh, near and dear to my heart. And I also play them uh, sometimes as background music when I'm working or if I'm doing yoga or something, but just another huge value and like rounded edge to the experience that is just so thoughtful. And I just not seeing that in almost any other interaction I have with people in any other walk of life. It's just so thoughtful. It's true. They have really parsed out a lot of details that we often don't realize are so impactful to the journey. Um, and it's such a good call out about the music. Music is such a big topic regarding psychedelic journeys in general. So thank you for bringing that up. And that also brings us into integration. Um, how was integration for you? I know integration is like constantly ongoing and you're probably actually somewhat in the midst of it, given your recent journey. Um, did you find it challenging? You can speak to both your first and your second journey. Yeah, I would say integration begins, for me at least, no later than the night of the ceremony day. So as you're going to bed that night, um, you're kind of thinking about it. You're probably discouraged from thinking too much. Um, so I've tried to do that, but it's, you know, you're you're in there, it's quiet, it's dark, you've just been through, you know, possibly the biggest experience of your life. So it's hard not to concentrate on it. So the integration starts right there. Um, I think I found that um, the integration came possibly stronger in later months. One thing um, that I think is important to call out about five is unlike psilocybin, maybe unlike LSD, um, it's just a very somatic medicine. So with LSD and with psilocybin, I have found, and I've, I know a lot of people have found, it can be very narrative, it can be very visual, it can include elements of what I'll call the quote unquote, you know, real world or consensus reality. So you might have a trip where you see your mother or you see the forest or something like that. And at least for me, and I understand for a lot of people, five is just, um, it's much more somatic and elemental than that. And so, yes, you have quote unquote visuals, but they might just be formless, just pure, pure visual sensation almost like a precognitive thing. And so what I realized is that's that's pure somatics. It's almost like being an infant that's being born and you know your nervous system has never seen a tree, so you don't know what a tree is. So it's just visual information flooding your eyes and your brain, and it's just precognitive. You don't even know what it is. And so taking that on board, because I think I've been somebody that was in not in good touch with my body and my nervous system, taking the five experience on board as kind of a pure somatic experience and a very elemental somatic experience that pushed me in the direction of 
seeking somatics elsewhere. I think five has made me more sensitive to a lot of things overall, definitely more sensitive to other psychedelic medicines. Um, I've been sort of infamously hard to uh, respond to or come up on some of the other medicines. And now I don't have that problem. So I definitely think it has softened me up and it's made me pay a lot more attention to my body. And um, I've also, especially after my more recent experience, which I always feel silly now describing this. It was only four months ago. Um, but on my, at some point in my most recent experience uh, at Enfold, I experienced, I guess what you would, you know, the ancients would have said was uh, pure enlightenment, um, pure transcendence, nirvana, infinity, um, eternal, eternal bliss, eternal everything, nothing, something. Uh, it was just, you know, I, I understood. Um, the mystery is what I'll say. And I didn't need to probe the mystery. I just, I understood. And so that has been, it's, it's walloped me trying to integrate that. Um, I've spoken to a, a few people as part of an integration process and they've, they've encouraged me not to try to figure it out so much, not to try to like see what else I can get out of, you know, just sort of let it continue to wash over me. Um, and it has. I mean, I think I would say I entered medicine work three years ago as a, you know, line in the sand, don't even argue with me, like absolute material reductionist atheist. And now I would describe myself as um, kind of like that, but definitely not nearly as, as hardline and much more open to the fact that we're living a mystery. Uh, that I don't necessarily have to figure out or describe or tell other people they're wrong about the way they approach that mystery. So integration is a little messy. Um, it hasn't been scary or anything. It's just been ongoing uh, and intense. And it, it, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, when I'll, when I'll journey back up there and maybe give it another go. Wow. You have a, you're very articulate. I really enjoy like even just listening to you speak about your experience and about everything. And I think it's interesting. You were talking about we're living a mystery we don't necessarily know about. And before that, were you trying to, I guess, understand what the purpose of life was or dig deeper into like more of the existential area? And then now you're just kind of, I'm here for the ride. It's a big experiment and I'll do my way and I'll allow people to live it their way type of ordeal. Yeah, I don't know, maybe a little bit of the reverse of that, where before I just, I wasn't dedicating any thought to, I don't think I was, other than mortality, I don't think I was dedicating much energy or thought to um, considerations of, you know, what's out there, what is the mystery. My, I've always just kind of like, the universe is huge, speed of light is what it is, so we're never going to get to find out, so don't even care about this. And after that most recent experience, uh, that felt to me, like it really begged questions about everything. The The main question I'm stuck with now, and I've actually had a hard time getting people to engage with me on this. They say they don't know what I mean when I ask, but I always say, my, my question now is what is existence? Like I'm kind of, that's the thing I'm trying to integrate now. Um, you know, I look outside and I, and I understand, I do have this conscious mind, this conscious brain and this consciousness. And it's, you know, that's all I know. That's all any of us knows because it's what we have. But it's like, 
but what is that really? And what was before that? Like what was before the Big Bang? I know this sounds starting to sound kind of corny, but it, it's 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 become recursive. It's really made me think that there is some greater mystery. And I do not think it's my job to figure it out. Um, but I think the five has maybe humbled me before it and interested interest interested me in it, but I really need to fight the urge to like pick it apart and categorize it and kind of think I can apply some logic to it because it very likely is just defined by paradox. Totally. Um, I think I understand what you mean by that. That is, that preoccupies a lot of my thinking. I'll just like sometimes just lay there and be like, this is a very strange experience. And it's only happened after five where I like opened my mind up to like, what is this? Um, we don't need to know the answer because it is what it is, but I'm like, but what is it? And when did it start? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and you know what I would say maybe, cause it, I, this is hard to understand. I remember for me, it was like, look, the experience is only 10 to 20 minutes. And then also you might experience infinity. I'm like, well, those two don't go together very well, but I will say as someone who has watched too much black mirror and is sort of at this perpetual fear of being trapped inside a trip or anything like that. Um, I've never found the time element of the five experiences to be distressing at all. They just kind of, they do their thing and you're there for it. And I guess time almost becomes meaningless. And when I say I experienced infinity, um, I, I think, I think what was happening there was, uh, we talk about these unitive states under, you know, deep dose psychedelic experiences and you know, everything is one pure unity. I think that's what happened. Uh, there was no separation between whatever I am and the entirety of everything that ever was, including time, which itself collapsed into um, a unity. And so to live infinity was to just be in that one moment with time. It was not distressing. In fact, it was the opposite of distressing. Um, so I just wanted to maybe leave that clarification because that was a big fear of mine going in. And time dilation or contraction, um, although it has happened in the five space, I have not found it distressing at all. I found it liberating actually. Yeah. Time distortion in general when doing psychedelics can be kind of unnerving for somebody, especially individuals who find it, they want to hyper control things or like to live within certain barriers. But I often find the same way. It's not distressing. Um, the thought of it beforehand might be, but living the actual experience of it not is not at all um something that you're really fully even trying to dissect in the moment anyways it's more of like an afterthought you're like oh that was strange and you don't even realize you're in infinity because you are just there <laughs> i guess like was there a big theme that came out of uh your trips with five that you're working through um or is it just in general just more being present and living this existence yeah, I think probably more the latter there, uh, as I mentioned, it just, for me at least, it's just not narrative. It's um, it's purely experiential. And I imagine even some of it is um, non-experiential. For me, there's no people, there's no entities, there's no story. The visuals are just pure, pure visual. Like I said, they're formless. And so it's hard for me to think of themes uh, you know, direct themes if, if there's a lack of narrative uh, aspect like that. So it's more like you said, it's just about like your body 
um, your body is what you have, but that's also part of everything and the entirety of everything. And, um, you know, I, this most recent visit I made to Enfold, uh, during my experience, uh, I had pretty, pretty good size somatic release during ceremony, uh, which is to say sort of just shaking of parts of your body um, the day after, uh, which we didn't mention as part of integration. But uh, Steve and Austin definitely give you a good kick in the pants for integration as well. There is uh, cold plunge and sauna and breath work done on the day after uh, medicine day. And trust me, that will get you going. <laughs> uh, it's, it can, it can, you know, it's pretty intense. And I had uh, pretty massive somatic releases during all of those things that I just mentioned and just during that day after as well. And so uh, Steve was definitely very much of the belief that um, in some sense, my, my central nervous system was reset and there was a lot of source material that was knocked loose and it's kind of very likely just sort of moved on out of my system. And um, that was huge for integration, although that was, you know, basically completely involuntary. That's, that is just what happened. Um, but that was a theme, uh, leaning into somatic work. So I, when I, now that I have visceral touch with, oh, wow, this is what people mean when they say the body keeps the score or there's something stored in here and I don't know what it is. Having, you know, witnessing it come out of my own body has given me more, uh, more courage to go do some direct somatic work in consensus reality. So without medicine, to just try to pay attention and work on and see if we can have uh, more releases like that. But it was it was pretty incredible to exist with that. No, I, I love that. I think like to sum all that up for people too, it's like this cannot really be verbally and linguistically explained. You try to intellectualize that and try to understand how that might work in a processes, whether in a scientific way or just like whatever. But it's like the somatic work is like, it's kind of hard to even verbalize. It's like you just, it's a knowing um, and something you just move through um, throughout integration. Yeah. It's just kind of amazing to witness that. And all these things I'm saying, I didn't have a language for this 18 months ago. And now I feel like the five has given me a language for that. Well, that's perfect. And yeah, I guess before we wrap things up, um, do you have any, like, I don't know, a tip or a feedback or something that you want to like a word of wisdom that you would leave for somebody who is looking to do potentially their first work with five? I think I would encourage courage. Um, you do, you do have it in you, especially if you've done other medicine work and perhaps especially if you've done other, other medicine work that you found to be harrowing or super difficult or disturbing. Um, Trust me, if you can do that, you can do five. Um, it is very powerful. It is very explosive. Um, but it is also, well, first of all, Infold has, has put it uh, in a container that makes it just eminently accessible and as gentle as it's ever going to be. And so I, I personally, if I was looking someone in the eye, I would say, you're right. You're right to be um, very highly respectful of the medicine and even even a little fearful. I think it would be kind of silly to be like, "Well, I can do this." And there's nothing that scares me. Power is scary, um, but at the end of the day, if I could do it, if Jay could do it, absolutely you could do it. Because I was just a hot house flower who was afraid of all this stuff and would have thought it was crazy and nuts. And you know, um, so if, if I can do it. You can do it. So if you're feeling called, you know, don't force it. But if you're feeling called to it, um, 
I would urge surrender. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's very worth it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking so openly about your experience and just being very, very well-versed in the psychedelic um, experience. Thanks, Jess. I'm happy to support, again, what I perceive as good people doing good work. Um, for a lot of people that are under distress in their life, um, I just think it's a shame that the psychedelic space has been polluted um, by people not doing the best things. But I, I, w- I would personally say the people at Infold are doing the best things. So there's no reason for them to be um, lumped in with some sort of movement that maybe isn't always positive. Um, this is positive. This is earnest. This is honest. And I believe it's it's helping, you know, the, the people that go there directly, but it's clearly rippling into their lives as well. So my complete blessing on all of this work. Thanks for listening to the Still In It podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're interested in hearing more, the best thing you could do is to leave us a review. This allows us to continue to record and inform others on the 5MEO experience. If you want to join our beloved community or learn more about us, feel free to visit us at enfold.org. That is E-N-F-O-L-D.org.